0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the Following Films Podcast, a movie podcast that takes you on a weekly journey into the world of cinema and into the minds of the talented individuals who shape it. I'm your host, Chris Maynard, and today we're joined by Michael Baffaro and Michael Mitt to discuss their latest film, Don't Look Away. After a gang of criminals unintentionally unleashes a supernatural force onto the world, a young woman named Frankie is convinced she's being stalked by a killer mannequin, Frankie soon realizes that her friends are in jeopardy too. She must find the man who holds the key to stopping the killings. But Frankie knows that once you see the mannequin, there may be no end in sight, except for your own. But before we dive into our conversation with the Michaels, I'd like to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Bookman's. Bookman's is your go-to independent bookstore, where you can find an extensive selection of books, movies, music, and so much more. They truly believe in the power of storytelling and the magic of the cinematic arts. So, if you're looking to expand your film, music, or book collection, be sure to visit your nearest Bookmans. There's always something truly wonderful to discover. Have you followed the Following Films podcast on Spotify? If you have, well, thank you. If you haven't, head on over to Spotify, search for Following Films, and give us a follow. See, Yogi supports this idea. It really does help the show. Now, without further ado, here's my conversation with the Michaels. Don't Look Away is currently available on VOD. Enjoy the show. I'm good. I get to do this again. Thank you so much for taking the time to uh reschedule this. Sorry about that earlier confusion. I really appreciate it, guys. Oh, all, all good. good. Yeah. All good. So, I was so excited to talk to you about this movie because um I'm somebody who I really appreciate it when a f- when a film plants its flag right away and the michaels credit i was just i was on board and then the director's <laughs> credit happened and you one-upped it and i was like oh okay i get it because
1: there's
0: like there's this tension almost anytime you watch a film where you're like okay is this going to be any good is this thing going to let me down and i'm always looking for that moment where i can just relax and let go of it and that was absolutely the moment where i said okay whatever they have in store i'm I'm open to it at this point
1: oh awesome thank you
0: um so the- <laughs> Let's talk about just the general conceit of this movie, Um, making a mannequin scary and actually pulling it off. Um, I think you guys do that where you have genuine moments that do work, despite stacking the deck so heavily against yourselves. It still works. (laughs) And there's just this beautiful comedy within that's inherent to that. But then there's also just the whole film itself, which is it. It's really tough to go as broad as this does and still be effective, and I think that's really a lot of that has to do with your um, your lead actress here, where Frankie. I I don't know who Kelly Bastard is; I've never seen her before, but she grounds this thing so well. She's in this batshit crazy trauma movie around her, but she's giving this performance that just (laughs) absolutely and I I mean that's a compliment. Sorry, I'm going off, but okay. Uh, so I don't even know if there's a question in there. It's uh, kind of rambling, but if it's uh, if you could just talk a little bit about the idea of taking, where did this story come from?
1: Well, yeah. So I mean, it is kind of like rooted in, in like you say, like a lot of those like '70s, '80s kinds of like classic, you know, horror things, and and even B movie stuff. And and Michael and I had been working on a different movie, and we were you know, thinking of ideas that we wanted to do for a new movie and uh, a local theater near us was doing a midnight screening of Friday, the 13th part nine, nine, I think it's when Jason, Jason takes takes Manhattan. Okay. Yeah. Is that nine or is that eight? I can't remember. I think it might be eight, but it was the only one. It was the only one I had never seen the one on the cruise ship weirdly enough. Yes, exactly. And it was on that cruise ship where they've got this ridiculous scene where, like, as those as those shows go on, like whether it's Michael Myers or Jason, their supernatural powers get to the point where they're able to just teleport around. (laughs) And there's this scene on that boat where this girl is like, I think she's actually in like a nightclub on the boat. Yeah, she's. in. Yeah. And 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 they're doing the spinning thing. We watched, we were like, oh, man, that is so great. It's so ridiculous. Like, the scene's not shot that well. It's kind of like a little slow here and there. But we were like, that's so awesome. And we were thinking of, oh, what to do. And then we saw a picture of a mannequin uh, in a car. This is just like on Reddit or something. You're just scrolling and you see, wait a minute, that's not a person in that car. That's a mannequin. <laughs> a
2: mannequin. So we said, hey, we should make a movie with yeah,
1: with the it's mannequin. Basically,
2: because we were looking for something, you know, at and, the time.
1: And it kind of just triggered it. We were it like, we haven't, place. we haven't seen like a mannequin horror movie. They've done a lot of doll stuff. Like mannequins have been in horror movies like Tourist Trap or whatever, but they've never mm. been like the thing. And we well, just thought it be kind of sweet. And like the whole gimmicks around it was was us trying not to make a doll movie. Yeah.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And it's uh because there's so many trappings of the doll movie that you're able to avoid simply through lack of movement because it's always the movement, the lack of weight that you feel in those that kills you in those. And there's something about the stoicism of a mannequin that's
2: weirdly I, I effective. Was, I was scared out of my mind when we made the when we were writing the script. I was going, damn, it, am I gonna be able to pull this thing off? And when we while we were in prep and all that, I was getting more and more scared. Like, I was afraid myself going, that's it. If this thing doesn't work, I'm going to be out of a job, period. I will never work again. So I was like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. so. So, Oh, sorry. I
1: was was just going to say quickly, it caused him funnily enough to, like, kind of do what you said that Kelly did, where they ground it, like you know he was so scared like of of making the mannequin silly and cuz there is an inherent absurdity to this kind of premise he was trying to like ground it in that like reality of this strange surreal world
0: <laughs> well it's there's so many different movies that are going on at once in this and it's one of the things i really appreciate about it it does it, it feels by design there's sometimes where a film can be so myopic in one point of view that none of the characters feel lived in or real um, where you do have these uh, just when you get to Frankie's home life in the opening of this, it's just (laughs) so absurd. And then you, then it goes one step further. And so if you're not picking up on the humor of that and knowing that this film, while it does, it absolutely does go for scares. It, It, there's a, tongue firmly planted in the cheek throughout this yeah at least to me i i feel that That's, yeah go ahead Mark.
1: well oh that was totally yeah it's totally by design and like i mean if you've watched the movie you, you've probably seen some of the references we do but like that humor <laughs> yeah. and comedy thing that, that we really like it comes from our shared appreciation for the shining and <laughs> Yeah, so you, yeah, you you get that but like we find the shining a hilarious movie. Like the scenes of Jack Nicholson without get... it being without being
2: hilarious. Yeah, without like it it's being hilarious. Like mm. it's Jack is so he he makes you laugh nervously.
0: Yes agreed
2: the whole movie is he makes you laugh nervously he's like anyway yeah,
1: yeah that's but when we tell people who like you know maybe aren't as like hip to the shining like we've seen it so many times right when we tell people oh the shining's hilarious they look at us strangely like what are you talking about
0: <laughs> if you don't if you can watch the sequence in the beginning of the shining and when he says it it's okay he learned about it on the tv the yeah. reference he- to the donna party if you don't find that absolutely hilarious and unnerving at the same time, I don't don't know that we should ever go out to dinner together because that's (laughs) (laughs) so, yes, I I completely agree. And, and I think that that's the reality of these types of things that when you're in stressful situations, you find humor. It's how you pull the air out of it. Very few moments in life are that so serious that you don't find levity in it. It's, it, it seems like the more, horrific or horrible or you know when you're literally at a funeral you will find a reason to laugh just to deal with that situation and so yeah i think that it, just by having the humor in it it it's it kind of gives more charm to it and it can be a little bit more um causes you to pull your guard down and then when you do go into the scares they actually carry weight works, which is right that's a goddamn magic trick it still works in this movie
2: yeah oh, thank, thank you, you very much
0: yeah So then, can you talk a little bit about, uh, on the Stephen King thing, is that what you're calling out with, like, the Carrie, you know, essentially that needle drop that you have for Carrie in it, and then you have, like, The Shining later on, and those kinds of things, that they're all going to laugh at you, and... uh, Yeah. Yeah.
1: We have a lot of those little things, like, I mean, Stephen King, his work is very funny, right? Like, he has that as well, but if you notice, I mean, Frankie's boyfriend, his name is Steve, but if you... He has a package that arrives, and we actually—if you get to see really close—his full name on the package is Steve King. Um, That's (laughs) great. So, So considering like that in the whole movie, so
0: considering that particular character, how do you? Does that say anything about your opinion of Steve King?
1: Uh, well you know he went through a phase where i think he was very much in that sort of i'm doing my work right sure. like he said yeah. the shine was kind of autobiographical and and our steve goes through his own sort of jack torrance trajectory <laughs>
2: <laughs> um so then can you talk a little bit about as far as uh i don't know if uh a lot of people notice that uh stanley kubrick will go out of his way to hide hide things like uh you know, electric plugs and, and light switches and whatnot in his movies. And we, we, did, we ended up we doing did that. that. We removed all light
1: switches, uh, uh, power, and, outlets. power outlets and all that sure. stuff, everything. Just yeah. because, like it was a it was a combination of like, you know, he was famous for doing it in The Shining with the production design. Yeah. And for us, because we don't have the advantage of building our own sets, we're shooting in real homes or wherever we can. You know, it was something that started to drive us crazy as we'd see these like white light switches on these orange walls, mm. and it, like just kind of takes your eye away. Yeah, so we just went, "Let's go, let's remove them." So and yeah. how
0: how are the homeowners with that removing all these? Little- oh
1: no, we did oh, visual visualize it all in. Oh, visual. okay, okay, yeah. got it, got it. Got Family got it, got it. would have been very happy. Yeah. It would have been like.
0: <laughs> well, I think you. I love the way that you use visual effects in this film, because there's something like um, you use very basic, you think of the opening where you have that 18 wheeler and it's moving back and forth. And I I don't know how you pulled that off, but I assume there's people on the other side pulling and just shaking it around. And then
2: then we just loaded that up with a bunch of guys inside the back (laughs) of that thing. And we just rocked that thing to
1: Every every spare crew member who didn't need to be used was in that truck. Yeah. Like it was, uh, it was like a mosh pit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it's those things work. It's the old Star Trek thing, where but you do that, and then I'm assuming the bullet holes would be a digital effect yeah, out, in did. the same shot. So you have that really beautiful. Well, actually, we use things. real bullets in that. <laughs> <room>. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. That's why it was effective. It's the invisibility of that. So then. OK, talk a little bit about the look of the film, because it's uh, when I mentioned that there's a little bit of a trauma influence in my mind here. It's definitely not on the visual side. It's not on performance side. It's just sort of there's a essence to it that feels that way. But this looks like a much, I'm assuming, higher budget film than it actually is. I think the film looks great.
1: Thank oh, you, thank you. Yeah. thanks,
2: Ethan, Ethan Merrick, the cinematographer and I discussed a lot uh you know and we all talked about you know the look of the film and everything uh in fact actually it's more inspired by the jalo films all the yeah. horror and whatnot so we wanted to go with that sort of you know
1: that, that was our common language when we'd be like working even with the actors like we told kelly you know we want those looks the eyes like how they do everything in those Jallo movies. And, you know, our, our crew, they're, they're not as familiar with them as, as we are. So they'll watch them, but I don't think they quite get what we get out of them, you know? Like for us. We laugh at those movies a lot. But they're yes. also, look, you know,
2: just that, you know.
1: Yeah, all this, but it's also such pure cinema, the stuff they do. Yeah. Like it's very Hitchcock or, like, I mean, De Palma, all that sort of stuff. And we really wanted to have that, like, Vintage inspired look. Yeah, we didn't want to go like the grindhouse, like purposely trying to go for something. Like we wanted essentially to give a modern look to that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, which is hard on a on a lower budget because you don't have all the constraints. And then we had a yeah. a, a colorist who really you know came on board and really helped refine that look. We essentially told him we want. 70s, 80s kind of Jallo meets Blumhouse, like sleekness, you know, something a young kid will watch and not be like, oh, this is some dated movie or whatever. Like we want to sneak it in.
0: Well, there's something that I think when you go back and look at those old Jallo films, that the color in it is incredible, but there's something about some of that 70s, early 80s film stock that's just, it's off. And I love it. I actually really enjoy that particular look. It feels like you can like there's been cigarettes smoked in the projection booth for six months. And it's just, there's the yellow on every frame to some degree, but um, yours is, yeah, it's somewhere in there that you have that, that, that Jallo aesthetic to some degree here. I could definitely feel that your use of smoke in here as well. feels like it's pulled from that. And it just has this really heightened style um, that I don't think it feels dated or out of touch, but it also doesn't feel like any particular time period. Um, mm. where this is I mean with you know the obvious exception you there are objects here that make it very clearly modern but this could be a film that took place in you know 1987 very easily
2: Victoria the city we shot the movie in, also lends itself to that mm. that place, sort of almost classic like almost like a European feel to it yeah. as well even though we weren't going for that but like we were I guess we just wanted a place that hasn't been shot a lot but Yeah.
1: And we chose to make it New Jersey for.
0: Today's episode of the following films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. Do you have books, movies, or music gathering dust on your shelves? Give them a new life at Bookman's. They gladly accept trade-ins and buy used media. Clear up some space for new artistic journeys while knowing that your books, movies, and music will find a loving home. On my latest trip to Bookman's, I found a copy of the 1946 film, Beauty and the Beast. This film is an absolute classic, and a cinematic treasure that has stood the test of time, captivating audiences for generations now. This film is extraordinary, it weaves a spellbinding tale that touches the heart and ignites your imagination. From the very first frame, the exquisite artistry and attention to detail, transport you to a mesmerizing realm of fantasy and wonder. Cocteau's visionary direction infuses each scene with poetic elegance, and it allows the story to unfold in a visually stunning and emotionally resonant manner. One cannot help but be captivated by the production design and breathtaking cinematography. The opulent castle, with its haunting corridors and magical rooms, becomes a character in itself. And this isn't like when people say New York is a character in the film. This is a literal character in the film. The ethereal lighting and intricate set pieces create a visual feast that immerses the audience in a realm of enchantment. What truly sets this rendition of Beauty and the Beast apart is its ability to delve beyond the surface and explore the complexities of human nature... The film delves into themes of love sacrifice and the transformative power of acceptance it reminds us that true beauty lies within and that appearances can be deceiving the allegorical elements presented throughout the story add depth and thought-provoking layers making it a timeless tale with universal resonance beauty and the beast it's nothing short of a triumph when it comes to storytelling and craftsmanship a true cinematic gem that continues to captivate audiences even after decades. There's very few things you can see that were made 80 plus years ago, or almost 80 years now, I guess, if I'm doing my math correctly, um, that still hold up. That stands as a testament to the power and imagination and the enduring appeal of a tale as old as time. If you seek a film that transports you to a world of magic, look no further than this timeless masterpiece. I cannot recommend the film highly enough. And recommend that you go to your local bookmans to unearth your new favorite film. Remember, Bookmans has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. Some to some strange. That's (laughs) I was going to ask you about that. As somebody who used to live in New Jersey, was that a do you was that just a kind of dart on the map thing? And I because in my mind, I'm making the connection as I've mentioned twice now that trauma thing. I'm like, oh, the New Jersey thing. That's a nod to. To trauma being based out of New Jersey, that's what I thought was going on. But I, I'm assuming that's not the case by the look on your face right now. But we were just looking at cities in New Jersey
2: that Victoria kind of looked like, mm, okay. and
1: and yeah. our opening sequence as well, like felt very sort of like. like the opening of an episode of the Sopranos you know where it's like
0: (laughs) yes yes it it absolutely does and that's what I thought I was getting in for when I first watched this because I just I, the publicist reached out and I, you know, said, this is something you should check out. Great. I'm going to check it out and I'm not going to read anything. I didn't even know the mannequin element of this. And I thought I was watching a crime film for a moment. <laughs> and I think that's why I was so blown away by those two transitions of, Oh, the movie is this. And you think you're following someone down this crime path. Then, Oh no, you're actually following the person that hit that person <laughs> like down the highway. And it's just incredible. It's just, a, I really hope that people do go into this blind, um, that the, the one advantage of the streaming age is kind of like, we're back to a very pure video store age, where you would just go in, you would look at a thumbnail or cover art and you could see this little thing and just say, yeah, okay, I'll check that one out. That looks interesting without even reading the box on the back, because I, I just think this is one of those ones that if people go in blind, they're really going to have a great time with this thing. Thank
1: you. Thank that's, you so much. That's a, yeah, that's uh, we we really like that was kind of ultimately the goal of our movie was like we wanted a fun movie that like if you put it on at like eleven or, or midnight or whatever, and you're just expecting to put something on that you don't know what it's going to be, you'll probably fall asleep. We just wanted to make something that would like hold your attention and be like, wait, what? Like, what's happening here? Where's this? Oh, okay. Like, and then you know. That was it's kind like, of
2: kind of like the Godfather. The Godfather does that for me when I'll be watching, you know, late at night, yeah. and flipping through something. I will go, "Oh, there's the Godfather," and I start watching that one. Oh, this this is a great scene. And then you, before you know it, you're like, you're watching the whole damn thing, and uh, that's all. That's what what I, what we were trying to accomplish, you know. You see, you are
0: a much classier uh, watch. must watch than I am. I, Godfather <laughs> is one of those ones that I have to even I, I have to avoid it because I know that it's just gonna suck me in and I it's yeah, that and three the hours
2: shining is, the shining is like that as well right you'll it you'll, is. you'll come across the shine you go wait a minute this is a great scene I'm gonna watch a little bit. and then before you know it you're like and how involved written, yeah. and you don't even care that you missed 20 minutes prior to
0: because you remember it so well, so bizarre that's one of those movies that i don't feel the time in that movie that i get so lost in it that it doesn't have yeah. I, I i don't even know that i was aware of how long it was for the first couple years that i was watching it regularly it just never felt like something that was that overstays its welcome and if anything it felt like something i could have spent another hour in that world without really <laughs> thinking about it so oh. uh, but your movie is very economical Um, There is no fat on this thing. You get right. You cut right to the chase. And I feel like it does not. You couldn't have gone a second longer. You couldn't have gone a second shorter. It is one of those things. that It just feels like a perfectly executed pace for this film. If you talk a little bit about the uh, idea of just the structuring of this. Go
1: ahead. Um, yeah, I mean, like you know, for us, it's you know, we made movies together for a while, and you know, you always know the tighter the scene is, the the better it's going to be in post. Like, and we wanted to really not have anything that you know, if if somebody didn't like it, a producer didn't like it, oh, cut that out or whatever. We wanted to make sure mm-hmm. that nothing mm-hmm. can be taken out from this because. We do do some strange things in here, but we wanted to make sure there was kind of no way of eliminating let's not
2: them. <laughs> linger. Let's, let's not, <laughs> yeah. Too
1: long. yeah. It, it was, you know, if, if, if we did some wackier stuff, it could have gotten cut. So we wanted to really make sure at the script level that everything was tight, that it was working, that it had the beats that it needed to have for, you know, a mainstream audience and, yeah that was really like the main focus. Cause we knew we were going to bring like the weirdness to it regardless. <laughs> um,
0: yeah. So could you talk a little bit about the, um, that I, that idea of making this accessible because you're making something you're like, okay, I, on the script page, when you're looking at this, this is something that could very easily go wrong, that you could look at this and say, if this isn't executed the right way, it just would not be accessible. It wouldn't be watchable in many ways that I could see how you could do this thing and just completely fail at it. Was there a moment when you were making this, like looking through your dailies or going back um, and reviewing what you had and you said, okay, we're, I think we got this.
2: I I was happy every time. I, like I said, I, op- I was working on fear. When I, when we were shooting this movie, I was working on fear and I made damn sure that I got what I needed. There was one instance do you remember the the shaking truck, the back of the truck? Yeah. Uh, we were shooting, we were running out of time, and at a certain point, I was like really happy with everything, and then all of a sudden, Michael came up to me after we had already moved on to the next shot. Michael said, "Michael, we didn't, we didn't, yeah. we didn't get the shaking of the truck," and I went, "Oh no!" So you know. That was, you know, pretty well the one thing I thought, can we get away with it? And then I thought, no, we can't. Like, so we ended up going back and and having to, did we do that the next day? I can't remember. No, we did it. Lit- we did it no, that-
1: we, we did it that night. We just did it 10 minutes later. Everybody thought we could move on. Everyone was really stoked. Like Michael and Ethan were like, they would gotten everything super happy. And then yeah, what about right. the truck shot? And they, they were both like, you could see both of them kind of being like, yeah. fuck um
2: that's what <laughs> happens or oh, are we allowed to swear?
1: are we allowed to swear? was oh you spell yeah yeah go okay, ahead cool. no yeah
2: anyway yeah we were we you know we ended up having to do that but those are the kinds of things like when i was you know you were asking the question i hope i'm answering it right but basically um i don't even remember what the question well i had was a good then. one i had a good one the pool <laughs> yeah. scene
0: oh yeah the pool scene the pool scene the yes pool. yes 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 where, where, pool where pool were you scene. feel like okay we had we were making a movie now that kind of feeling like this is going to work
1: with a pool scene, no, we no. we almost like it was almost a huge disaster because our <laughs> our actor told us he could do the butterfly stroke, and we were like, "You can really do it, right?" You, you can laugh. Go ahead and laugh. <laughs> like you can really do it, right? Like in, in rap, he's like, "Oh yeah, blah 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 blah," and I'm going every day to get better at it. And we start doing <laughs> the scene, and he like he can't swim in a straight line. He's all over the place. And Michael just finally had to start, like, really giving him. And if you've seen this actor, you know how much funny it probably is seeing this guy get the gears. But Michael's like, look, man, like, I, I
2: don't never care. Yell, I never yell at people on set. Never. Never. Sure. Yell anyone in my life on set. Except this guy. Except this guy. <laughs> and, and he just, didn't... Jason, Jason was awesome. But, yeah. you know, like, I just looked at him go, Jason, you need to swim straight. And, and uh, <laughs> uh, what else did I? Oh, and keep your eyes open. Cause he kept closing his eyes.
1: He kept you in there.
2: And he was swimming off to an angle all the time. So it was like, anyway, I, he, he did the job. He did a great job. He's a great actor, like fun, fun to work
1: with. And, but yeah. even the mannequin that day, we couldn't get it in the pool because it
0: wouldn't. It would. It's poignant. So yeah, yeah.
1: And we tried putting sandbags on it. We tried doing everything, and yeah. then Michael eventually, because it was the last scene we had the mannequin for. It was the last shoot with the mannequin, and, and he, decided to, he decided to he decided to drill holes in it to waterlog it.
2: And while I was doing that, I ended. I managed to poke a few holes in my leg as well. So I'm like. Well, because it was so tough, you know, and you're like sm- slammed. Oh, and the knife switched back on me as well. So I cut my hand really bad, you know,
0: four <laughs> wounds. So, no, I, I mean, I, I haven't had the experience of needing to waterlog a mannequin yet at this point <laughs> in my life. So so I'll have, have to take that. your word for it. But I, I do understand that if I were trying to do it, I'm sure my injuries would have been far greater because I'm I'm not somebody that ever needs to be around power tools. But so then. How have been people have been reacting to this? How have they been receiving the film? Because I really I'm on board for this thing. I loved it. And I'm just wondering, it feels like something that might be for the right people. They're gonna love it. They're gonna scream from the mountaintops, but I could see other people because this is a big swing, having uh the exact opposite reaction. How has it been for you guys?
1: Well, it's been pretty good across the board. Like good. the first reviews we've been getting people like we're, we're for getting... the most
2: part they're getting yeah they're getting it like we're getting okay. like we're what we're reading we're getting we're reading you know great stuff we're getting a lot of people like comparing it to it follows um which it's not really that's what you
0: know well He's i mean there's fine. a there's it's a literal the... it does yeah. follow them but yes. You
1: know. But But it's for us, it's like, it's the same thing as like, that's what Jason does. That's what Mike Myers Myers
2: does. These people chase or follow after people that they're going
0: to kill. So it's like, I I thought that's what it was in my mind when I was watching this. This was just a commentary on the slow moving slasher that's suddenly behind you and you take, okay, I'm going to take a completely... Uh, an object that doesn't move and that'll be the thing that's following you around yeah and that, that's I thought that's what it was kind of like a making fun of that element in those slasher films that they never run but they yeah. always catch up to you
1: yeah it was kind of like yeah and it was it was like a fun idea too it's like like you said it's just an object and I remember even when we were having people uh you know in pre-production uh, some of the producers got some coverage on the script from some people and every a bunch of it comes back why is it a mannequin? Why does it like it could be anything? And yeah. it's and I mean, we're it's like, like, that's the point, though. <laughs> it's the whole point.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, if you can make a film where it's a-, a tire is the bad guy, then why not a mannequin? Yeah. So if you that, can do rubber,
2: true. you can do this.
1: Yeah, sure. During,
2: during the reading, we also got, you know, a thing where, where someone had read the script, uh, one of the readers, mm-hmm. and uh, it came back with, it's not funny. The script needs some humor. The script... And we're going, what? Like, obviously, this guy doesn't get it, you know, or these people don't get it. And they had all sorts of suggestions for us. And I said, no, we're
0: on the right path now. I I know we are now. <laughs> so... Yeah. Wow. I, and I... Because it's not just the visual language in this movie that's funny. It's, it's the dialogue is mm-hmm. really clever here. There's stuff in here that just... Most of the stuff that really grabs me in here is character interaction. So I find that really hard to believe that somebody wouldn't have gotten that, that they wouldn't have understood the humor on that level. But I guess it's subjective.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope people get it. I think it's funny, especially Steve's character. He's just, he's so funny.
2: Your question (laughs) earlier, you said, you know, have been, have people been responding? I think it's really good response. Like everything, all the reviews that we're reading, you know, people have a few little things here and there. They, you know, they knock, but for the most part, I believe they're really enjoying it. And if they nice. revisit the movie, I'll bet anything they'll like it more. Well, that's, even, that's my feeling. Even that's, the people
1: who like, you know, it's not, it's not for them and their reviews. They even still say though, it's still fun and entertaining, and it's definitely worth something checking out, which is like. Yeah, they might. It might not be their kind of movie, but they. I think they still seem to to see that people would enjoy it. It'll be a fun movie for people yeah. to see.
0: Well, it's the it's executed at a high level. Um, so I think that it's clear that the filmmakers knew what they were doing, even if it doesn't necessarily connect. You get that. You can tell when something is funny by mistake or people enjoy it despite of what it is. This is not one of those. It's just that this is made for. It feels very specific from a specific point of view. And to me, I love that. So I just really had a great time with the film and I highly recommend it to anybody who's looking for something a little bit different, something fun. I think this is a, you could do much worse. So I I really enjoyed this movie guys.
2: Thank Thank you so much. much. Really appreciate it. I
0: I, I gotta ask though, because I am a typical greedy American consumer and I want more. So I hope you guys are going to have another one coming down the pike. I oh, thank you. A few. Good, <laughs> good, yeah. excellent. Because I, I'm, I'm catching up on flu. I need to see that. I've been, I, I don't know. It's one of those things. There's too many things to keep up on, and flu's been one of those ones that I've been meaning to watch for a while now. So I'm going to go back and watch that.
1: Oh, wow, really? I like our movie. Our yeah. movie? Yeah. yeah. What's that?
0: Is it not available? Because I there uh, was somebody that
2: yet. we don't have. It hasn't been released yet. It's uh, a movie that we when we made the movie. It was during, it was before COVID. We actually shot the movie before COVID and we cut it during when COVID was just starting to come out. Like, uh, you know, when COVID was starting to hit the world and we were cutting the film when this, all this news was coming on. I was going, Holy crap. Like, anyway, after we finished the movie, we couldn't really get anyone or we decided to hold back because there were a lot of, uh, you know, people that weren't interested in, in anything to do with COVID COVID or or, uh, pandemic movies, even though ours is ours is a pandemic film, but it's, it, it wasn't, uh, did you
0: screen screen somewhere? And because I I know that I I would have sworn it was your film by the description of it, that I heard somebody talking, unless there's just another movie called
1: flu. I assumed it was yours. Is it a black and white movie? I, I I mean
0: I haven't seen anything from it specifically. I just heard somebody talking about it on a film podcast. But if you guys haven't had any public screenings or even festival screenings or anything like that, then I'm assuming it must have been something else. Then.
1: Oh well, yeah, I think it must have been something else. We made yeah yeah, yeah we what happened is we ended up making another movie after we did that one. A company hired us to make an actual pandemic movie quarantine, okay. which is now called. Either five G, the reckoning, or Ascension, and you
2: would like that one as well. If you like the that the humor in this film, it's even okay. Yeah, it's a good movie.
1: Yeah, it was. One, okay, it was one that we made like in the summer of 2020, and it was uh kind of a bit of a prototype for what we end up doing in, in Don't Look F- Away.
0: Okay. Well, I'm I'm glad that was clarified for me because I'm I would have ended up waiting for this thing to come out that I had. Heard of so um you
1: might have given some other filmmakers your attention may, may, maybe but then again there's also
0: there's another movie called quarantine so i could have done that on two levels now that i could have accidentally ended up with uh the wrong movie because there was a spanish movie right that was quarantine i think
2: yeah quarantine, quarantine. uh ours was quarantined but it is now Cold.
0: quarantined
2: okay okay got it
1: but ours is 5g the five g okay because yeah. ours is a conspiracy it's pandemic more of a conspiracy
2: movie. pandemic
0: you know thing well the, the 5g
2: conspiracy yeah, we make yeah. Fun of everything in that movie we make Upstanding. fun of we make fun of uh yeah you know everything like that yeah that's that's a fun movie
0: okay i'm definitely going to check that out awesome well michaels it was a pleasure to meet both of you i appreciate you taking the time today and thank you so much for uh moving this back i really do appreciate it and congratulations oh, guys this is a Fucking hell of a movie, man. A lot of fun. Thank you you very much. All right. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. All right. You got it. Bye bye. Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to
2: write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.